Hey everyone, this episode is being released on Thursday, October 12th. Before we begin the show, I just wanted to let you know about something exciting we're doing next week on Wednesday, October 18th. We're going to be recording our review of the finale of Season 2 in front of a live audience. So if you live in the Washington, D.C. area, or even better, if you live in beautiful Alexandria, Virginia, we'd love to have you join us. Just check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash icetownclowns or email us at icetownclowns at gmail.com for more information. We're excited to have reached the end of Season 2 and hope you can join us and some of our closest friends as we watch and then review the episode. Thanks, and now here's this week's show. Welcome to Icetown Clowns, a podcast reviewing every episode of NBC's Parks and Recreation. I'm Katie. I'm Jacob. And I've been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine, so... So have I! Guys, I'm so proud of you. It's very good. I was happy for you. It's very good. I also watched Uh, what everybody, I think, agrees is the best episode of Boy Meets World. So that was pretty good. It's the one where Mr. Feeney murders Topanga and wears her skin (laughs) as a fancy dress while, uh, you know, at the the senior prom watching all the kids. That is the best episode. I think you read some weird fanfic there, Kirk. (laughs) I was surprised how graphic it was for an ABC show. I'm glad. I'm glad you're getting caught up. Yes. Uh, Have you so heard of this show, Sixty Minutes? I've just started watching it. It's really cool. I need to catch up though. I haven't seen all the episodes. G- good luck with that. Um. So this week we were reviewing season two, episode twenty, Summer Catalog. This episode aired on March twenty fifth of twenty ten. It's directed by Ken Whittingham and written by Katie. Diplo, I still can't say her name. I don't know if it's Diopold or Diplode, but she's been a story editor along with Harris Whittles all of season two. And the summary is, preparing the summer events catalog, Leslie decides to take Ron and the past directors of the Parks Department out for a picnic lunch. Tom enlists the help of Anne and Mark to pose for the cover photo. Yeah, that's accurate. Yep. I I like this episode. I'm not saying it's like an all-time great or anything like that, but I don't know. I like it. Hmm. I, I don't know. I know. I sense I'm alone, but... I don't know. It's just sort of... Both plot lines in this episode are very one-note, and they just keep hitting that one note over and over and over again. And I, I don't feel like all of it really goes much of anywhere. There's some good good stuff happens with, like, April and Andy, and a little bit of good stuff between Leslie and Ron, but by and large, nah. Yeah, the episode just left me feeling cold. I didn't have any negative feelings towards it, but I also just didn't really have any positive feelings. Fair, fair enough. We don't all have to agree. I just, I, I agree with you about the one note, Kirk, but I... I enjoy the interaction with the former Parks Department directors, and I don't know. I find it kind of enjoyable. So, we'll get into it. Um, So, the cold open is Ron Swanson comes in with this raccoon hat 
like Davy Crockett style hat. Did you guys notice that when he took it off, his hair was perfect? Like it had no way messed up his hairdo? Nope. Okay. I can also wear a hat without messing up my hair, so. Well, I cannot. And so I was incredibly jealous that he just like, boop, took it off his head and there was his perfectly coiffed hairdo underneath. No flyaways. Like Kylo Ren's helmet in the new Star Wars movie, when he takes his takes it off his head and his hair is just perfect, it, like it mooses his hair as he removes yes. it. Yeah, that was literally what this was. I I do really enjoy it. Like Donna, as always, has a very good line. Donna's pickup line, I feel like, would have worked. Right. So you, you thought so it was better Tom, than Tom's. <laughs> so Tom takes this raccoon hat and then proceeds to just stand in a random place in City Hall and (laughs) use every single pickup line that he can come up with, with the hat, um, which fails miserably. And so he goes to die. Animal on the head, manimal in the bed. (laughs) I didn't hate that one. But, like, the worst pickup line in history, particularly to an African-American woman, has to be, girl, you're more precious than precious. I know. Like, Donna's reaction to that (laughs) was very understated, considering how ridiculously offensive he is. Yeah. But, right, to Jacob's point, Donna has the best one, which is, yes, I am a hunter. And it's you season, <laughs> which only works coming from Donna. I feel like Ron could have pulled that off. Uh, I, I feel like Ron's think... appeal is that he wouldn't. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> white guys can do a lot of that. Like talking. Of, no, it just. No, no. It just doesn't work that well. I... Um, go ahead. Well, the end of it, like, just fits that, you know, shows the theory of. You, like, a, a guy has to go with the game that actually suits his personality, right? Like, Tom in the raccoon hat as a hunter, that's not his strength. He needs to play to his strengths. Ron's the only one in that office who can pull that off. Yeah, agreed. Because he immediately puts it on, and a woman stops by the office, clearly intrigued. Um, but it was fun. I bought it. I, Yeah, I enjoyed it. As a cold open that really has nothing to do with the rest of the plot, which is my favorite kind of cold open, I I thought it worked well. Yep. So then we have the, uh, after the theme music, Leslie has a surprise for Ron um, to meet her at a park, which Ron is very reluctant to do. Does not enjoy (laughs) surprises. Which I feel like is very Ron Swanson. Like, he would accidentally harm people. Yeah. Fear. I would never surprise anyone as likely to be armed as Ron Swanson. If I could help it. <laughs> yeah. No, totally agreed. So Leslie's idea is she's going to reunite all the former Parks directors and interview them and then write about it. And she's going to put it in this publication that they're putting together which is the summer catalog where we get the the title of this episode. It's like the September issue of Vogue, basically. But it's more important to Pawnee. Are Vogue issues more or less important by month? Um, yes. 
I don't really know the answer to that, but this reference that's dropped here, I I probably should know the answer to this, that it's like the fall fashion episode, or by episode, mm. I mean issue. So, I don't know. I guess I'd have to go back and rewatch the Devil Wars Prada. I'd imagine Vogue is like Sports Illustrated, where there's one issue a year that people really hone in on or are interested in. Maybe it's like where Fashion Week is. The Fantasy Football Preview Edition? I don't know. Yes, Jacob. I assume it's something about baseball, because that's the only sport that matters. Um, I do like how Tom tries to like be like, am I right, Justin? And Justin's not there. <laughs> Why would he have been there, though? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. Why would he ever have been there? (laughs) Yes. Uh, I also think it's a little ridiculous that it's 2010, and they're doing the mock-up for this issue, like, completely by hand via a bulletin board. Like, it's 2010. Like, Illustrator exists. Even a local government would have some sort of... Well, early I, Adobe something. I mean, they would have been using InDesign to lay out the, the actual publication. I don't think they were like they weren't spray gluing things down to to spreads in order to create the actual page layouts there. I think they were just using the bulletin board to plot out what's going to go on what page. The, the technology know. was more advanced than this when I did the yearbook in high school. Yeah, same. <laughs> Ugh, yearbook kids. Well, I was actually newspaper. Newspaper, Ooh. though. So. I did newspaper, but we shared an office with the yearbook, and we used the same, like, software the yearbook kids yeah. use to make our newspaper. Yeah, that's what we did. We, we, we had a shared office between the newspaper kids who were actually doing work to put out the newspaper and the yearbook kids who had the couches. So Right, right. Yep. Same, 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 same. So, wait, so Katie and I were on the newspaper doing work, and you were hanging out? doing nothing that, in the yearbook that it's like, isn't familiar at all Jeez, making Jacob, jokes you're prepping for this your entire life <laughs> yep Katie can you photoshop your life with better decisions <laughs> probably <laughs> I probably definitely could <laughs> um, I, will, I will say Tom's Don Draper just doesn't work in this scene. No, he cannot like, pull it off. Sometimes yeah. what we want is not always where we are. <laughs> I love that line. And it's like, in some ways, Tom is so qualified to do ads, right? Like, it, it is something that you could see him excelling at, and then he just doesn't. Like, he just can't fulfill that potential and it's yeah it's kind of depressing well because this this episode's another example of tom just still kind of being the worst yeah still no indication that he is ever not (laughs) yeah right like the peacocking's not great the way he treats everybody in the photo shoot which we'll get to although make your face better is a great line (laughs) yeah how how many times have you wanted to say that to a candidate, Jacob? Yeah, during I, a photo look, shoot? I, I have in my notes, Kirk and I tell photo shoot stories. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. So apparently Anne actually has a job. Mm, yeah, but, doubtful. Mark but actually that, visits her at it. <laughs> but one that the Parks Department can just walk into 
into the middle of a hospital room. I like that's not how hospitals work. City planner, excuse me, he was there to check the structural integrity of the hospital. He just flashed that badge, that government badge. Do city planners get badges? Probably. That's no fair. I mean, not like 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 FBI badges, but you know, it's just like a government, you know, like standard issue. Badge. So, like a Boy Scout? N- no. I'm not taking the bait, Jacob. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> they they they're both ready with six month anniversary gifts. How high of a unachievable standard are they setting for the future of their relationship if they're giving planned gifts at the six-month anniversary? Well, uh, Mark gave her a chicken salad sandwich, which is rough. I love chicken salad. Like, that's a great gift. Me too, but it's more like, here, I brought you lunch. It's not a a gift. Like, she got him an actual tangible thing that he can have forever. I feel like, like, hey, I brought you lunch, and then here's this thing that I got you as a gift. Completely appropriate. But, like, here I brought you a sandwich. Uh... But that's the fun about giving gifts, is to try to figure out what the person who is likely to give you a gift is going to give you so that you can make sure you get them something better. Like, that's so much fun. I'm really bad at gift giving. I lose every one of these competitions. Whatever, Katie. You just cook something, and it's going to be fantastic. That's really all you should do. Have you met my husband who doesn't like to eat food? So, kind of fails. (laughs) I think we've talked about this, that your husband and my boyfriend should hang out and not eat, and you and I should have dinner more often. That should. From from now on, we'll celebrate all relevant <laughs> events together, and yeah. between the four of us, everyone will be fine. <laughs> exactly. I, I don't feel a part of this this plan. Yeah, that is by design. That boy. is by oh. design. <laughs> okay, okay. Just wanted to call out the awkwardness. <laughs> um. So. April and Andy are helping Leslie out with this picnic plan, and they're adorable, throwing rolls at each other in the parking lot. I love that. Baseball is the boys' softball. Right. (laughs) Oh, heart. I loved that. That was really great. What position do we think April played? Like, shortstop. Yeah, I, 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 I buy it. Sure. And, and Andy, and Andy, I think probably was a first baseman. Come on, somebody's got to get that joke. Somebody's got to get it. I'm sorry, I don't get it. No, 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 nobody saw Moneyball. Oh, I yeah, I did, but I just didn't. don't don't acknowledge it, Katie. Just leave it hanging out there. <laughs> How hard is it? It's incredibly hard. As Ron what Washington, if- he he became the uh, the general manager of the Texas Rangers. Love that guy. Okay. Um. So, Anne comes rushing from the hospital to the parks department. Um. At Tom's behest, she thinks it's Leslie, but Tom has clearly fooled her into thinking that it's Leslie. And then he's done the same thing to Mark, faking a city planning emergency, which I think is the second time we've discussed city planning emergencies and what those might be. 
At least on this podcast, if not in the show itself. Yeah, I, like, you know, you build a highway, and at the last minute you realize there's no on-ramps. Emergency! <laughs> Someone grab the guy who can assemble a, um, an on-ramp really quickly. That's what Mark uh, does, right? I've still literally no idea. Do you think Mark wouldn't put the on-ramps onto the highway? Otherwise, people would flee Pawnee to get away from him? No, I think I feel like, at least at this point, Mark would be fine with it. His character's really reached a, a pretty depressing low. Right, like, in the- <laughs> he's not really doing anything bad, but he's not really doing anything good. I, like, I definitely feel like he's meeting that Carrie Ann description of a Midwestern guy who's just kind of there and has a job and isn't necessarily a problem. Well, narratively, he started out as a character who was connected to Leslie and thus tangentially connected to the group at the Parks Department. But now he's connected to Anne, who herself is tangentially right. connected to the Parks Department. So he's like slowly moving further and further out of the orbit of the story. Yeah, that's actually very true. Um, and so Wishful Tom, thinking. Right. <laughs> Tom tries to convince them that they have to be the subject of this photo shoot for the cover of the summer catalog um which because tom knows like six people apparently right right and these are the prettiest people he can think of i guess um so then we go back to this picnic that leslie has assembled with all the former parks directors and it has um, a guy whose name I don't remember, but he is Headmaster Charleston from Gilmore Girls. And he was on the West Wing. Right. And on the West Wing. And then... That, and that's the very old one? No. No. It's the, the, who, who, the asshole. Oh, who is he on the West Wing? That didn't narrow it down. He's the op-ed writer who Leo, uh, Leo upbraids because he writes an uh, op-ed about how Leo should step aside. Right. That, okay, so he's playing David in this episode then. Sure. Yeah. yeah, the one who ousted Clarence. I wrote yeah. their names down. He's yep. the one I had who... to watch it four times. Yep. Like that little bit. The <laughs> one who names. took it for the pension, basically. Yes. He's that guy. Yes. And then the, um, the hippie pothead is played by Michael Gross, who is very famous for family ties. Where he also they... was a hippie pothead. <laughs> right. I mean, you know, you do one thing well, you go with it. No shame in that. Um, so they go on this very long walk to the picnic site, and... How far was it? <laughs> probably, like, a mile. <laughs> but Ron is, uh, I would say, about as compliant as I am on long trips. So, I... It's fun to hike into the woods and things. It is, but, like... Oh man, if there are not snacks. <laughs> well, there was bacon. It's not her fault that he had no self-control. He ate all of it, apparently before they even started. And apparently so quickly she didn't notice it. I mean... Even though she was wearing a, the purse at the time. Right. It's a little bit her fault because she should have known who she was going hiking with. And, you know... Ziplocked it bacon. so he couldn't smell right. it. Right. Um, also, bacon terrible hiking snack yep uh, bacon is awesome at any time in any way i don't understand what you're saying it's basically really tasty jerky 
No, that's true. Actually, that's a good point. It is. It's really tasty jerky. And jerky is an excellent hiking snack. So you're right. They are very... I mean, it's salty, and it will, might kill you if you only eat that and you don't drink any water or anything like that on a long hike. But, you know, other than that, right. quite good. So Leslie tries to interview each one of these uh, three men that have held the park's director job. And the first one, the oldest one... Clarence. <laughs> Clarence tells her about how women weren't allowed to teach back when he was in charge. Yeah, well, they were allowed to teach, just not in his parks yeah. department. Right. <laughs> Women need a lot of blood to flow to their baby centers, which leaves less to the brain, you see? Which I would like to point out is literally a male problem. Like, <laughs> what? it's a great, what? great <laughs> argument for why men shouldn't be in charge. Just, just saying. Uh, men Wait. don't have baby centers, Katie. I, uh, no, no, okay. So most many men do not have baby centers, Katie. Mm, I beg to differ. Biologically, I think the process that Clarence is describing happens to many men, and blood leaves their brains and maybe causes them to make poor decisions. And is something we should think about in allowing men to make decisions. Just I would say. argue that men keep a special reserve of blood available at all times for such situations. I have no evidence of this. <laughs> But, I, in I, which I, this no is one knows hypothesis. about biology. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure we can get somebody on contradict that. I refuse to acknowledge facts that do not fit my preconceived notions. Okay. Perfect. Did you 2017 forget? is the year for you. Did you forget that I work in Congress? <laughs> oh, man. Oh. Um... <laughs> I don't know what this note is about. Oh, Andy asks April um, if she wants to go for a drink later. And her just genuine, excited reaction is just, oh, it's, it's adorable. Like, there is no sarcasm. There is no negativity. She is so excited. It's really cute. How old does Andy think April is? I don't know. I don't know that the question has occurred to him. Mm -hmm. I think that's what it is. He's just literally never thought about it. Okay. How uh, old is Andy? Is he like 27? 20s? Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, he was dating Anne, who, again, is probably late 20s, early 30s. I mean, it's I mean, TV. They age everybody down, right? Right. Like, Aubrey Plaza is probably in her mid-twenties while playing 20-year-old April. Right, like Luke Perry was about 46 years old during the first season of Beverly Hills 90210. Right, right. And Melissa Joan Hart may still be playing a high schooler. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I was watching Will and Grace, like the pilot episode the other day, and they are supposed to be 30, like have just turned 30 in the pilot episode, which is insane to me going back and watching it so yeah so today they announced that there was not going to be a third sex in the city movie because kim cattrall isn't gonna sign a contract in order to do it so it's Good. fallen apart but they also pointed out that had they made a third sex in the city movie that the actresses in the movie today are older than the golden girls were at the start of Holy their show shit that's probably that i mean that makes a lot of sense but that yeah. is that is crazy. 
Um, yeah. Life is a picnic with Peyton Manning. So, Leslie goes to interview, again, Headmaster Charleston. I don't know what his real name is. But it turns out that he cannot provide her with the inspiration she wants either. He literally took the job for the money and the pension. Doesn't give a crap about nature or parks, which is... It's very upsetting. (laughs) Yeah. It's... It's disheartening to watch. I get very angry when people litter on TV or in real life, like just throwing trash onto the ground really upsets me. That's the Boy Scout thing, Jacob. Um, Yep. So so this was almost as bad as the episode, I think in the first season of Mad Men, when uh, Don Draper and they go out on the picnic at the end. She just takes the picnic blanket with all their trash on it and just flips all the trash off onto the ground and walks away. I literally had to stop the, the show because I was about to scream. Yeah. Like, that's a do that. really memorable scene. Like <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So then on our very sketchy B plot, <laughs> Tom is photographing Mark and Anne, and Anne is just she's not She's not selling it. Her face is sad and unhappy, no matter what they do. Do you know how hard it is to be natural in photographs? (laughs) Make your face better. Photography is one of the most unnatural things in the world. Like, when you see people huddled around a kitchen table... In like a political picture oh, or an so advertisement, they are so close together. Because if you actually sit naturally, like normal people do, you just look like you cannot stand each other. Like this, the negative space is so enhanced by yeah by the by the way people sit uh, and by the way the photography works. It's just oh no. I, I've I've been in a political ad, in fact, and had to stand in a very very close circle. Just to look like we were all casually standing around talking when, in fact, we're like pressed up against each other. And it was, yeah, it was very awkward. (laughs) Nobody suddenly when you put people together to to have a casual conversation for a political mailer, no one has any fucking idea what to do with their hands. No. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's like, I I do not know how humans speak. (laughs) What are these gestures? These gangly appendages of mine i do not know how to use them well, in part because you have to get your hands out of the way of the other people who are on top of you right in the picture but high enough up that they're clearly in the frame and not like cut off by the frame and thus distracting <laughs> this is yeah. part of why all actors are short yes yes this is true like and 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 the make your face better yeah, I have candidates where it's like, can you look like you don't hate everyone here? Well, that, that's better than the candidates who obsess about looking a little overweight or a little old. And so they keep insisting that the camera be held higher and higher and higher up. so Because from above, everyone looks a little bit younger. Yeah, it's, so a, it's, like, it's a Golden like, Girls thing. Yeah. What do you want us to do? Climb onto the second floor of this building and <laughs> shoot from the roof? And many candidates would just say yes to that. So, yeah, no. Crazy. Crazy making. Uh, yeah, that's a Golden Girls thing where uh, Blanche, they, Dorothy explains that to Blanche and has her, like, hold a mirror up over her face and look at it and then put a mirror down on the table and stand over it and look. And anyway. There's a reason why selfie sticks, the, the phone is angled a little bit so right. that if you do that, it's like, 
the perfect angle for 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 naturally decreasing your age through you know angles exactly um so then leslie talks to the the guy who had the job before ron and he loves parks michael um which leslie is happy to hear but uh he's still on parole (laughs) for all that pot smoking he did in the early 90s it was a different time (laughs) it was the 90s i mean it is a little ridiculous that someone would still be on parole for pot possession at this point in time. Even in 2010, I, I meant to look up what Iowa's marijuana laws were in Indiana. You mean Indiana's? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely no. Indiana's. Yeah. So I think it's amazing that this show wants us to believe that an upper middle class white guy smoked pot and somehow got in trouble for it because that does not happen in america <laughs> it, it also i can't believe i didn't make that joke damn it that, that is both a joke and not a joke because the disparity in the treatment of drug law, uh, laws is unbelievable it's in this country and this guy is the exact profile of the guy who gets to do whatever he wants without any yeah. consequences so so let's be like he may have had so much marijuana that it you know qualified as intent to distribute or something. Still, you probably don't get charged with that if right. you're an upper middle class white guy who works for the city government. You plea it down to possession, and you know you and do apparently a community in, service. And end up on parole for fifteen years. Apparently, right, right. I mean, that's just what's not believable is that he would have gotten a sentence that because I, I know things change fast but even in 2010 like the world was a change in uh, i just don't think that i don't know it would have been that big of a deal but i do love ron's reaction and i'm sorry i can't hear hippies <laughs> i can't hear hippies God. the third shirt i'm gonna make and send to jacob one of these days wait what was so the I- second I don't remember, but I know there was a second one. <laughs> so I feel like there is a line that Ron uses here, Katie, that you probably use at least once a day in this scene. If there's any more unclaimed meat or cheese, I'd like to claim it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely something that I say <gasps> all the time. In fact, please make me a t-shirt that says that and send it to me. Because <laughs> if I had to have a motto, that might be it. <laughs> um. Oh, and then April and Andy are having their like separate picnic off to the side, and they're so cute. <sighs> and they have a camera. They have a camera. I love it. Um. April's I, an eyebrow, eyebrow girl. Oh right. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's disgusting. Yeah, April says if she had to sleep with one of them, she'd sleep with the old guy because she's an eyebrow girl. And I didn't write down exactly what she said, but basically she'd make out with him and then eat she'd his chew on the eyebrows. Right. Yeah, yeah, those two-inch-long eyebrows. Super gross. Why does that start happening when you get old like that? I don't understand. Just everything's like your ears grow longer. Like there's just like parts of your body that just grow. I don't know. I'm so glad I'm in my mid-twenties and I don't have to worry about any of that. (laughs) We're not on TV, Kirk. I know, so people might fall for it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
Leslie does fine. Go ahead. You know, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Leslie does finally just acknowledge how horrible all of these men are and how much she hates all of them and makes them take one picture and then she's just done with all of these <laughs> dream crushers. Before the bears showed up. Um, I really like that April photoshops them all into some gay porn. Look how generous they are being. I know. <laughs> and then Leslie inadvertently shows that version to Ron. And he's like, I don't remember this. <laughs> he's not denying it. He's just like, huh. How hungry was I? <laughs> I also love the exchange there. Ron, let me buy you dinner. Leslie, no, I insist you buy me dinner. <laughs> right. Right. Um, yeah. And over, Tom prints out all of his photos and shows them to Anne, and she actually notices how unbelievably miserable she looks. Um, And then there's just this very tense scene with a lot of subtext where everybody's pointing out that Mark looks fine and happy, and Anne looks miserable, and... No one is saying what is very obvious. And that Mark is I like drunk. it. Right. That Mark is just... I don't know. He's just so, not bringing anything to the table. Yeah, I guess that's one way to interpret it. Sure. Because I was thinking earlier in the episode, this seems strange because she got him such a nicer present for the six-month anniversary that, that it implied that she was actually kind of into all of this or at least engaged in all of this more than he was. So, but I think that yeah, what you're saying here could reconcile. I reject. Scenes. I reject the premise that the better gift giver is more into the relationship as somebody who can be into a relationship and still be a terrible gift giver. Oh, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Yeah, as a as a general principle, I just thought in this one instance that might be the case. Thanks, because again, really terrible gift giver doesn't really have anything to do with my level of feeling i'm just not good at it so yeah it's like showing emotional affection fuck you (laughs) if i was gonna you know take a side here on who struggles to show emotions jacob right right. not be coming down with you throwing barbs at katie here buddy (laughs) nope not at all I was going to say, so I had no idea how many Dennis Feinstein references there are sprinkled throughout the show, which really brings me to a point that I'm going to make now because then it won't, it won't be clear what I'm maybe referencing. So not as any type of spoiler alert, but I have so much more appreciation for the final season of this show, which I loved already, but going back and watching from the beginning, and especially season two, which is really arguably the beginning of the show, there is so much that they took from here and put into season seven that I did not really grasp the first time around of watching season seven. And so I'm not, I'm not referencing anything super specific here for spoilers, but I just, all the time I'm watching these episodes being like, oh, there's a reference. There's a reference. Yeah. This one hit hard 
on that, like, in a way that made me pause the episode. Yeah. It's like, wow. Yeah. Um, it's, it's nice when the people creating the shows are also attentive fans of the shows. Yes. Right? Yes. Um, agreed. Uh, to make an office comparison where um, Carter and I are almost at the very end of the last season of The Office and like, oh my god, is the last season horrendous because so many of the original writers had left and weren't really paying attention and so just characters that you loved for nine seasons, they're just ripping apart and it's it's not enjoyable. I mean, we are literally forcing ourselves through the last I remember that episodes. show ending very strongly. Though. Oh, you know, the, like, finale... the last few episodes are pretty solid. Yeah, oh, they are. But believe like, me, that entire season le- leading up to it oh, yeah. is. Yeah. There may be like a solid. There may be a solid season and a half of The Office that I never even watched. Yeah, I, it, it's not worth yeah, it. Yeah, you stop, you stop watching The Office when the government shutdown ends. And then you start back up when Alan Alda shows up in the opening credits. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and then Jimmy Smith comes in to save the day. Yeah, he's so good at selling paper. Like it's 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 not the same show as the early seasons, but it's still interesting. Not in the very end. Um anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So April uh and Andy go to get this drink and April can't get into the bar because she's 20 and she in fairness, just hands the guy her ID. So sometimes the <laughs> confidence confuses people, which absolutely works, like, 70% of the time. It, one of my favorite movies is the Michael Keaton movie, The Paper. In that movie, Randy Quaid has this line about how a confident wave and a clipboard can get you into 95% of the buildings on Earth. And I firmly believe that that is true. It it might have been more likely to work had it not been one of those states, Indiana not been one of the states where underage IDs are oriented mm. 90 degrees different than yeah. uh, drinking age IDs. Yeah, that'll kill you. That's, that doesn't work. I'm, but then- I'm old enough that we did not have the technology necessary to... To shift the angle of printing on driver's licenses. Oh yeah, for me too. Under the age of twenty-one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. But yeah, those states where it happens is um, that's it's a lot tougher to just hand over your real ID. But it's so sad. Andy kind of like has this realization of how young she is, and then just ends the evening, and she's crushed and. <sighs> They never speak again. The it's end. I know. Yeah. They both leave the show, and that's kind of the end of it. He buys a ticket to Mandyville. <laughs> it, it's it's crushing though. They're yeah. they're very cute, and. But at least they have a picture to remember their wonderful day by. Right. Right. Oh, I know that picture is really sweet, yeah. but I do think it's funny that like. Obviously, the summer catalog, it's, it's months later that it arrives, and yet April is sort of looking wistfully at this picture like she hasn't seen Andy since that moment. So he doesn't like, work in the same building as her and down the hallway, and surely they've interacted since that evening. <laughs> you can print something like that pretty quickly, actually. That's probably like printed interior, on the interior pretty cheap 
paper. The layout was all done by computer because it's just listing classes and programs and things. You can print that really quickly, so. Yeah. Maybe right. it's only a couple weeks. It doesn't mm-hmm. it's not a complicated project like a yearbook. <laughs> <laughs> nice tie in. Nice try. Yes. Um so JJ's diner, Ron and Leslie go back uh to JJ's and Ron tries to console Leslie, like, what did she think from these career bureaucrats? And, you know, it turns out Leslie had somewhat unrealistic Buffy-like dreams of... Yeah, did she think she was going to be the slayer of the parks? (laughs) Basically. Every single night, the same arrangement. She goes out and parks the parks. (laughs) That's what that language sounded like to me. Wait, is Ron her watcher? Yeah, clearly. <laughs> and she's not ready for the world outside. Uh, I love it. Wait, who's Spike? <laughs> uh, Spike would be Justin. Because he has Ew. no soul. Ew. No, I'm going to come up with someone better. Uh, <laughs> I just have to think on it a little while. Clearly, Guy- Mark is Riley. Crap, guys, two episodes till Riley gets here. Damn it. <laughs> nope. Nope, I beat that. <laughs> I beat you to that. I know. <laughs> Um, and then they ask if they're gonna, you know, Ron and Leslie are ever gonna hate each other someday, which obviously not, because they're adorable. And, but, so I do think we have our first negative Eagleton reference. I noticed that, yes, the disgust on her face. Right. I think this is the first time that Eagleton has been referenced and, and Leslie has had the reaction of like, ugh, Eagleton. Um, and it's a double Eagleton episode because one of the parks directors says that he used to just copy the Eagleton letter for his summer catalogs. Right. Which makes me wonder how late into the year he was putting out the summer catalog if he had already gotten a copy of the Eagleton one. I also just wonder, like, the way that they're talking makes it seem like the, the obvious career trajectory is assistant parks director to parks director to city manager. Like, do the parks directors always become city managers? That seems, it seems like a very different skill set to me. I didn't get the impression that any of the other parks directors had ever become the city manager. If only because, if that was the case, Pawnee would have much more liberal laws about marijuana. True, true. Yeah, it, it, it does seem that there are a lot of other departments, though, that you know, submitted murals and may want to be able to, uh, you know, have their people become in charge of the government. I guess. Why would anyone ever eat anything besides breakfast food? I made breakfast food for dinner tonight. (laughs) Yeah. I'm super dieting and watching that, the scene of the episode was tough. I'm not going to lie to you. It's like, (gasps) waffles. Yeah. There are other breakfast foods you can make that are compatible with the diet. Yeah, there are. Not the good ones. No, mm, not the good egg ones. Egg whites said no one ever. <laughs> no one ever. Um, so we've already talked about the summer catalog arrives, and Leslie is proud of herself, and, you know, and she should be. Sounds like she's put together a good summer catalog without any of those assholes. Yep. How did how did they go twenty years without offering tennis? <laughs> how do you have a parks department that does all of these things and not have tennis for two decades? 
Um, I think that might have been a joke to show how weird Pawnee is. Was this in protest of the Battle of the Sexes going the wrong way to, you know, whoever the dude who wouldn't let women teach was? Sounds like it. That sounds Clearly. Rational. Clearly. The timeline checks out. <laughs> I do. So then after the credits, they are uh, Leslie and Ron are throwing darts at the picture of the four former parks directors. And Ron is regaling Leslie of tales of Michael's water pipe. I don't know why Ron won't call it a bong and keeps calling it a water pipe, but uh, apparently he once made a bong out of a raccoon, which is so gross. <laughs> a 20-foot length of garden hose and a milk jug. <laughs> yeah. We all had that friend in college. <laughs> yes, we did. Not a raccoon, though. That's a step too no. far. <laughs> like an apple core, fine. But like... I'll admit I don't know a lot about how bongs work or anything like that, but wouldn't that impart some sort of unpleasant odor or flavor? I, I, yes, like, I yes. Don't, I don't know yes. at all, but... Okay. Yes, so gross. All right. Yeah. Very meaty flavor. Ew, ew. <laughs> Let's stop. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> mm. And Ron took that bong, stripped the skin out of off of it, turned it into a hat, and and wore it at the start of this episode. Exactly, I like it. All comes full circle. (laughs) Um. Okay. Do we miss anything? Anything we didn't talk about? Uh. No, I I really don't think so. All right. Uh, Well. Send us your creative bong ideas at facebook.com slash clowns. Please don't do that. Please just write us about this episode. Title your emails, Katie Needs a Bong, so we'll know which ones to look for. Again, please don't do that. Um, you can tweet at us at IcetownClownPod. You can send us an email, IcetownClowns at gmail.com, or... Go to our website, www.icetownclowns.com. So we always ask you to rate the podcast to help us grow our audience, and a lot of you have been doing that, and it really has helped. And now it's even easier. On the new version of iOS, in the podcast app, if you just tap on the little link that says Shows, and then tap on the icon for our podcast, which should be the only podcast you're listening to, so it should be easy to find, you can actually scroll down on that page and rate us right there on your iPhone in the podcast app. That's if you use an iPhone. If you use an Android phone, it's a little harder. You either have to open up iTunes on your computer and find us on iTunes and rate us there like you used to have to do on a Mac and, or on an iPhone and everything else. Or an even easier way to rate us if you use an Android phone is to get in your car and drive very quickly and roll down your window and throw your Android phone out of the car. <laughs> And then get to the mall and buy an iPhone and rate us in the podcast app on the iPhone. I'm not saying your phone is bad. I'm just saying that's probably easier than dealing with iTunes. Um, Next week, we will be reviewing the episode 94 Meetings, which is, I think, a much better episode than this one. But you'll have to come back next week to find out. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for all of your views. And we look forward to seeing you next week. You've been listening to Icetown Clowns, a podcast about parks and recreation that we are at the end of, and that end is now. <laughs> <laughs>